All Things Are Possible, Part 30. Glory. Now, you remember I told you, I'm going to tell you again, this started out as a three or four part series and it's turned into a whole month of series. And actually, we're going to go a little bit over the month because of uh, the revelation and the understanding the Lord's brought to us and, and that the Lord's instructed us to teach you on it. And this is what we've been doing. Now, uh, in order to have what is impossible with man to become possible for us believers, and you remember the scriptures, Mark 9, 23 and 10, 27, then we must take out the trash of fear, doubt, worry, and anxiety. And we saw that all of these are intimately connected and that when you look at the definitions of each word, the definition of fear, doubt, worry, and anxiety, they are all talking about, they're interrelated. They each talk about the same things because it's all part of Satan's strategy of fear to keep you out of faith. Now, that's why Jesus said to Jairus, be not afraid, only believe. Glory. Amen. Like I said, faith will not function in the heart at the same time that these things like fear, doubt, worry, and anxiety are persisting in the heart. You have to get rid of them and allow faith to persist in your spirit through the word and through the anointing and by the spirit. Glory to God and your firm stand of faith in the promises of God. Now, Jesus said that we must not doubt in the heart, but believe for powerful results. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Doubt, worry, and anxiety, uh, fear, they all run hand in hand. And Jesus, Paul, and Peter gave us direct commands not to be anxious or to worry. Amen. And uh, let me repeat them to you again. I gave them to you yesterday. You need to look at them and write them down in your Bible and have them in front of you because this is the commandment. Now, why is it? Now, thank you, Lord. The Lord just just dropped something in my spirit. I'm going to share it with you. He does that often, you know. (laughs) When you're ministering the word under the anointing, he'll all of a sudden drop something in your spirit. Here's Here's what I heard on the inside. That the reason that a lot of people... Christian people have not taken a stand, a strong stand against worry is because they've not received the commandment of the Lord not to worry. Amen. You know, a lot of times we could say the same thing about love. The reason that a lot of Christians don't function in the love of God is because they've never received walking and living in love as a commandment. And Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. It is a commandment of the church. I would say it's the central commandment of the church. Because, you know, if you walk in love and love is perfected in you, it'll cast out the fear. So that tells you, that's why 1 John 2, 5 says that, um, oh, I'm going to read it. Glory. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5. Listen to this. It says, First um, John 2, 5, praise God. Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Now, the love of God will never be perfected in, in you or in me 
unless we act on the word. That word keep means not just, it does mean to treasure and to value, but it means to do and to act on God's word. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, for us not to be hearers of the word only, but to be doers of the word so that we don't deceive ourselves. Amen. As we practice God's word, love is perfected in us. And uh, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 says that perfected love. Listen to this. There is no fear in love, but perfected or matured love casts out fear. Hallelujah. It'll cast out doubt. It'll cast out worry. Why? Because you're acting, you're believing, you're walking on, you're doing God's Word. Amen. Now that's, that's really important. That's really powerful uh, understanding. But here's the point. Here's the point that the Lord just dropped in my spirit. You have to receive this commandment of Jesus and the Apostle Paul and Peter given to the church. Now listen to it. He said, Matthew 6, 25, 31, and 34. Listen, verse 25. Do not be worried about your life. Verse 31. That's verse 25. Verse 31. Do not worry. And then verse 34. Do not worry about tomorrow. And people do that all the time. Well, we shouldn't. And then in in, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 19, he repeats again, Do not worry. Amen. And of course, we got scripture that we've seen that says, Fear not. Do not be afraid. And then we saw Mark 11, 23. Do not doubt. We can't doubt. Uh, He asked those that did, Why do you doubt? Why not stay in faith? Why not believe the word? Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. And then Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for nothing. Mm. See, that's a command. He didn't say, if you want to, or you feel like it, or you think you possibly can, don't be anxious. No. He commanded us, be anxious for nothing. Now, you, now, we'll go over there and read that after a while, but, but, but I'm just quoting to you the, the portions so that you understand this is a commandment. This is not a suggestion for the church. We have been commanded, and we need to receive it as a commandment that we will not break. Amen. Just like we've received the commandment to walk in love. And when we break that and we, and we miss it, because, you know, sometimes you could miss it, But uh, we're not trying to. We don't want to. But sometimes it's possible you might. Then what do you do? You run to Jesus. You confess your sin to Him and receive your forgiveness and your cleansing from all unrighteousness and you go on. Well, it's the same thing with worry. You receive it as a commandment. And if somewhere down the line you do get anxious or worried, repent. Repent because it's not faith and it's impossible to please God without faith. Amen. Repent because it's doubt and unbelief. Amen. Repent because that's what worry is. Worry is sin just as much as breaking the commandment of love. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, 
It tells us, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Casting. He didn't say, um, uh, notice how this is written. This is not written in, maybe you could get humble here. Maybe you should. No, it's commanded to us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt us, casting all of our anxieties, our worries, our concerns, uh, our solicitude, as the Amplified Bible says, and uh, the King James Bible says, our cares over on him. Hallelujah. Now, this next reference will really drive home this point. I mean, really pay attention. And look it up. Go to your Bible. <laughs> because uh, this one's a tough one, folks. This is not for the faint of heart. And I know you're not. Or you wouldn't be listening to this. Because uh, we don't preach nonsense. And we don't ple- preach foolishness. And we don't preach a watered down word. We preach the uncompromised word. So uh, if you're listening to this, I know you're not Lily, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> Lily livered, or how is it that they say you're not? Uh, you're strong, and you're wanting to learn more, and you're wanting to walk on with God. Amen, amen. Now, Luke chapter twenty-one, verse thirty-four. Glory. Watch what Jesus says. Now, I'm reading from the New King James Bible, and then I'm going to read um, uh, from one of the more modern translations. The New King James Bible says, But take heed to yourselves. This is verse 34. Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and now watch this, and cares of this life. So (laughs) he's putting it all in the same category. Now that's important. And then he says, And the day come upon you unexpectedly. And the day that he's talking about is the day when he comes back for the body of Christ. And uh, we go on and and see the Lord, I mean, and meet him uh, in the air. And And he says that these things can cause that day to come on you unexpectedly. Now, um... Uh, this other translation, it's a much newer translation. Listen to what it says. It says, be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with drinking parties and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And again, this is the same Greek word that is found in all of these scriptures that we quoted to you. The same root word. Amen. Uh, Now again, this is Luke chapter 21, verse 34. Now Jesus grouped the warrior with the party boozer glutton that eats and drinks theirself under the table and then, you know, throws up like a dog. Now you need to look at uh, 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 at this word from the Greek. And he identified the worry wart with the Falling down, gutter, living, toilet, hugging, drunkard. Now, I know that these words paint a really disgusting picture, but we need to see worry as Jesus saw it. Now, the Greek word translated here as drinking parties, uh, it's like krypali uh, in the Greek, referred... Now, what did this word referred to that's translated drinking parties? It referred to the gluttonous drinking fests or feasts common among the heathen 
And of course, you know, um, during the day that Jesus was saying this, uh, it was common among the Greeks and the Romans. And often these these feasts uh, turned into sexual orgies and other perversions. Uh, In modern Greek, it's interesting. (laughs) You look up this word in modern Greek, uh, kraipali, and it means debauchery. And uh, that refers to drunken, gluttonous, and uh, uh, sexual orgies and a complete lack of any moral restraints. Now, now I know, you know, the vast majority of Christians know that heathen parting, parting like that is of the devil and it's sinful. But many don't know that in the eyes of God, the warrior is in the same category as those that engage in those damnable heathen practices. What did Jesus say here? He said that worry weighs the heart down and causes one to be in doubt. Now, uh, if you have doubt in your heart, what's that going to do? Well, it weighs your heart or your spirit down, and it's going to cause you to be doubt be in doubt concerning the promises of God. It demonstrates a lack of trust in God and in His provision. That's right. Worry always tries to figure out its own way, its own way out of trouble instead of trusting God for His way out of any negative circumstance. Amen. And uh, that's what 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says that when the, the uh, tribulation or the testing or the trial comes, you know, the evil circumstance comes against you, that God will show you a way out. Worry trusts in itself. It trusts in other people to get them out. It trusts in its own ability for a solution. Instead of that, we should be trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. The scripture says, in other words, no divided heart and no double mindedness here. Amen. Proverbs chapter three and verse five. Listen to it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You remember the Bible talks about being double minded. Well, double mindedness leads to a divided heart. And that's not what you want, because double-mindedness, it says, will receive nothing from the Lord in the book of James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Well, here it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Folks, any way you cut it, worry is sin. Worry shows a lack of faith, trust, and confidence in God. And most of the world... Uh, thinks that worry is completely normal and acceptable. And people talk about worrying about this and worrying about that. You You need to get that word out of your mouth. It is sin. Don't talk about you're worried about this or you're worried about that. You better not. Don't talk about being concerned either if by that you mean you're worried. Talk about you're uh, doing what needs to be done The Lord is showing you. The Lord is leading you. You're trusting God for an answer. Do it that way. Amen. Get the word worry out of your vocabulary. Get the word concern out of your vocabulary. Throw it out. 
Get the word anxious. I'm anxious over this. I'm anxious over that. Well, you keep saying that, and that's exactly what you're drawing to you, because the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And we're seeing that worry, fear, anxious, uh, uh, doubt, all of that is of the enemy. And, uh, and uh, we don't want to track that, so we don't want to... We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to speak that out. In Jesus' name, don't do it. Glory to God. Amen. But you know, many Christians practice worry and are not aware that they're sinning just as sure as the drunkard that Jesus talks about because, you know, he puts them all in the same category. And like I said, you know that drinking parties and getting drunk and gluttonous uh, sexual orgies and, and, and all of that other perversions and stuff. We all know that sin. Well, people practice worry and anxiety and they're not aware that they're sinning just as sure as the drunkard and the one that goes to parties to drink alcohol until they get themselves into a drunkard's, drunken stupor and are nauseous and throw up. Jesus put them all together. Now, why is God so adamantly opposed to worry and sin? Well, you know, and I say God is adamantly opposed against it because, you know, Jesus said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. And he said, uh, the words that I speak unto you, uh, I, I got them from the Father. So uh, God feels this way. He's opposed to it. Well, besides the fact that worry is sin and sin will eventually produce death if not repented of and confessed, the worrier has a serious worry addiction and is engaging in an addictive behavior just like the party boozer, just like the gluttonous individual and the drunkard. And you know, back in those days, they didn't have cocaine or heroin addicts and they didn't have any of the prescription drugs that some are addicted to, but they did have drunkards. So Jesus talked about them. And just like the addictions of gluttony, alcohol, or drugs will over time break down the body and finally destroy it before uh, you should go on and be with the Lord, you know? Uh, the same can be said of worry or anxiety. Just like the addict gets to thinking that, you know, they can't help it. When it comes to drugs and alcohol, the worrier does the same damnable thing. He gets to the place where he thinks, well, I just can't help but worry. Well, that's a lie. Or else Jesus would have not said, do not worry. No, you can overcome worry in the name of Jesus by the word, putting the word in your mouth, resisting the devil, resisting his bad thoughts, resisting those damnable false lying images he brings to your head, uh, speaking out God's word, that stuff will overcome it. Amen. Now you see, the worry wart is convinced that something bad could happen or something bad is going to happen. They're always in some way expecting evil instead of believing the promises of God and trusting in Him. Now, as we've said and we've written, faith will always trust God for His goodness and is ever expecting the best from Him. Now, this is why faith and worry will never get along and they'll never mix in your heart. Faith only mixes with the Word 
and with truth. It'll never mix with doubt, fear, or anxiety. And you need to get that straight in your own thinking. Now, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2 says that if we will mix faith with the word that we hear, called the gospel there, <clears throat> then it will profit us or it'll produce fruit. We'll get results. Well, over in the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed. See, you believed the word of truth. You believed the gospel. And that's what produced the results. Now, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. And verse 13, and uh, this is the last scripture for today that uh, we'll give you on this particular study. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13 says, We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because from the beginning chose you, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation, through sanctification, that's by being separated. In other words, you were separated unto God. You chose Him. And thank God, because of that, uh, you entered into His uh, choosing you from the beginning. Uh, amen. That's another subject, but it's important you understand that. Uh, it's not that He chose you for salvation and, and you know, you didn't have any choice but to get saved. No, uh, He chose everybody for salvation, actually. The Bible says that everybody has been, uh, that God doesn't desire for anybody to perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Everybody's been chosen for salvation, but he explains here and, and says, from the beginning, chose you for, through salvation, for salvation, through sanctification, by the Spirit, and believing or trusting in the truth. Now you see what he's saying? He said you were chosen to salvation, but it's when you separated yourself by the Spirit of God, that's when you were born again, and were baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you believed the truth, the Word of God, to which He called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll come back tomorrow with some more teaching. Be blessed.